Hello, everyone. Welcome to Randy in Real Life. Today's episode is called How to Bring in a New Year, which is exactly what I'm going to be doing in just a few hours. Now, you may hear some fireworks in the background. If not, then props to this incredible microphone that I have here. And if you do hear it, then props to those incredible fireworks that can overpower this microphone. Now, I don't know about you, but when I reach the end of a year, to say I get excited is an understatement. And my anticipation really begins around mid-November. And I'm not sure why, but it, it typically lasts until the very last present is open on Christmas morning. And then at almost that very moment, something snaps on the inside of me and I'm ready for next year right now. And which also leads to shortly afterwards, Becky pleading with me to please leave the tree up, <laughs> not just till noon, but please just leave it up until the 1st of January. Christmas to me is like the grand finale on a year that could have been really awesome or really difficult or, hey, even complicated with some highs and lows. And most years are like that, but some years may be a little better than others. Some years may be far worse than others. So when we get to see that new year rolling around, I don't know about you, but it's something to me is so invigorating about the possibility of a new beginning, a new start, a new fusion of hope. And I pray that I never lose that feeling this time of year. There's just something so incredible to me knowing that there's this opportunity for some closure that, hey, something in the past is you know, about to get buried. There's just something ahead of us, a new season, new opportunities. And, and not about you, but how many of you are glad that some years are over? I am. And, and I'm also just filled with expectation about what may be ahead. Years ago, um, actually it was right before 2020, I think it was around December of 2019, I did a episode here on the podcast called The Roaring Twenties. And I, of course, we had no idea about COVID. We had no idea about a lot of things. And in that episode, I talked about, I referenced the Roaring Twenties, uh, you know, of the 1920s and how it ended, of course, with the stock market crash and the Great Depression, how we had no idea what was going to happen. And there could be some turbulent times. I had no idea just how bad 2020, 2021, and even 2022 was. And maybe that's the same for some of you. But you know, as we're getting ready to go into this brand new year in just a few hours, I want to encourage you today and I want to challenge you in some areas. And you know what? I've I've decided, I've made a decision to to allow my heart to be filled with expectation about what's ahead. Now, I want to talk directly to some of you that you have been through just a horrific season. You've gone through a major battle. Your marriage has been tested. You've been tested in the areas with some of your children. Your finances have been tested. You've been maybe in, you've gone through some physical situation in your body, and you've just been tested. You feel sometimes like I'm just, I'm just done. I can't handle anymore. I don't think I can take another thing. And and I want to give you some encouragement. And there's some areas right here, and that I'm about to go over. And I call this my personal inventory that I want to encourage you to look at because, listen, your situation can turn around. Your situation can get a whole lot better, I promise you. All right, so look here. Here is a personal inventory 
that I'm reviewing as I go into this next year. I've been reviewing it actually over the last month, and I do this every year. I've done this for a good little while now. Now, it's not exhaustive. It's just a simple checklist, and I want to encourage you. You ready? The first area of my personal inventory is internal. It's offense and bitterness. You know, have you ever heard of the good cop, bad cop routine? Well, offense and bitterness are like two evil twins that you could call bad cop, bad cop. Offense and bitterness will slowly eat away and devour every good thing around you. It brings nothing but destruction and devastation. It will cause a pause button to get pressed on your ministry, on your passion, on uh, you know dreams. It can affect and destroy marriages, relationships between uh, you know children and their parents, parents and their children. It, it can uh, wreak havoc on friends. It can separate the best of friends. It can affect you in your work environment, in your church family. Offense and bitterness is just so destructive. I've met people who have allowed one negative situation, and granted, very negative, but they've allowed it to affect decades of their lives. And I have to tell you right now that that thing that happened, it's just not worth hitting pause in the rest of your life. It's just not worth um, saying no to future possibilities or potential. And that's what happens. Offense and bitterness will cloud your judgment. It will hinder new relationships God wants to bring into your life, new endeavors. You will find yourself repeating the same scenario over and over and over. And I know that some of you, as you're hearing me say this, you may be yelling out right now, uh, you know, you don't know what happened to me. And, And that's true. But you know what? I have many things that I could say, hey, let me tell you what's happened to me. And we can all do that sad song and try to outdo each other about who's had it worse. And But you know what? You know who had it worse than all of us? Jesus did when he went to the cross and he took uh, in his body the price tag of our offenses and our wrongdoings. And instead, Jesus chose this incredible thing to do. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And you know, when you can choose to forgive and let go of offense and bitterness, it's not denying that something happened to you. But it's saying, I'm not going to allow what happened to me to rule over me and to dominate my life forever. We have one life. You've got one life to live. Better to go ahead and live it full on. Listen, we're going to have, you're going to have more challenges. You're going to have many opportunities to be offended and to get bitter. <laughs> but choosing to live with offense and bitterness is like drinking poison and then waiting for that person who hurt you to die. Holding on and choosing unforgiveness, you think, well, I'm not going to forgive him. And you think by not forgiving that person that you're placing them in a jail cell. But the truth is you're putting yourself in a jail cell and throwing away the key. And that only key that can let you out of that prison cell is to choose to forgive. And so what what can you do? Well, Randy, what can you do if I'm in a situation I just can't, I can't seem to forgive, you know, and, and here's something you can do. Here's something you can do. One or two things. One is you can think, think about this. Have you, first off, have you ever been the source of offense? Have you been the one who's caused another person to be bitter? 
if you're living and breathing and have had any form of relationship whatsoever, then I'm quite sure that you have. How would you like to be treated? Would you want someone to forgive you if you've wronged them and crossed that line? Then, then why can't you choose to forgive another for a legitimate wrong that was done? The second thing I'd say this, and this is really the highest one, is this. I want you to think about what your sin did to Jesus. No one has hurt you more than your sin hurt Jesus, and yet he chose to forgive you. Come on, it's time to let it go. I'm going to say one more thing. I'm going to get off this this um, this first inventory. We're going to move along. The others are going to go probably pretty quickly. When, when you are bound by bitterness and offense, and it just makes you ugly. It really does. It ages you. Here's what happens. It's like, imagine you've got this bad-to-the-bone vehicle. It's I mean, you've got this super awesome engine in there. You've got nitrous, and you're right. You can spray that NOS, and I'm telling you, you can go from zero to sixty in like you know, I don't know, a second, two. I don't know. I don't know much about race cars, but listen to me. You can have all that set, but offense and bitterness it becomes a governor on your life, and not in a good way. You've got all this potential. This vehicle can grow, go like two hundred miles an hour, and it can get there so fast, and it's loud, and it growls, and it it can tear up that track. But yet, because you've got a governor, you've got this souped-up engine, everybody can see it. Everybody's looking at that engine going, man, that thing can drive. Man, that thing's about to smoke. That thing's about to come off the line so fast. And yet, you just can barely come off that line. Or maybe you can have a little burst, but you never can get above 60 miles an hour. And like, what is up with all that potential, all that, uh, uh, that, that power? Offense and bitterness, you got a governor on there. you got to remove that governor. And the only way you can remove that governor, the only way you can get those tools out is to go deep on the inside and say, I choose to forgive. Let me give you a, a couple scriptures right here. Ecclesiastes 7, 21 and 22 says this, do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others. Ouch, <laughs> right? Proverbs nineteen eleven: good sense makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Proverbs 17, 9, love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. Let's move on along now, okay? Um, all right, number two, the second area of, of my personal inventory is I look at my relationships. And in my relationships, there are several categories. And the first I'm going to go into is my family. And when I go into my family, then, you know, the first area is, is my wife and my loving my wife, like Christ love, loves the church. Uh, does my wife respect me? Is my house in order? Do I treat my wife in such a way that my prayers will be answered? Now, you may be a woman who's listening to this right now, and, and so if you're men, of course, you can listen to what I'm saying. Some of you women, you know, you wives would say, man, am I, am I showing my husband honor? Am I respecting him? Is he a priority in my life? So that's the first area I'm going to look and in my home, and so I want that to be in proper order. And some of these obviously can bleed over these this inventory. Is there areas of offense and bitterness in my own home? It will destroy my house. I don't want to allow that in there. It's not going to destroy my house. So uh, my children, you know, who my children are now adult children. And so if there's been a shift in how our relationship is, 
I love how David Ravenhill says it, that when your children grow up and become young adults, they're not under your command, but they're under your counsel. Uh, you know, and so how do I foster those relationships with my children? I don't want to provoke them to anger. Um, you know, I want to be able to offer that counsel when they request it, when they ask for it, where I feel like there's an opportunity to speak into their life. Another area of relationship is friends, uh, you know, and so that's an inventory, you know, and I say that this, for me, a sad person is a person without a friend. A, a poor person is a lonely person. We were designed to be in relationship with others. And so friends are so important. And, you know, there are people that we can laugh with and we can we love to hang out with and spend our time with. But in that level of friendship, you know, as, as a man, who, what other men do I have in my life that can ask me the, you know, the hard questions? And, you know, and, and whom I can also ask hard questions. I, I've heard this quote before, and I love it. It says that a true friend knows you for who you really are, and they love you anyway. And so this life is, it's difficult, isn't it? It's hard. And we, you need friends. And, and so I want to encourage you in that area. And if you don't have any friends, then listen, get in church, go find some people, be a friend to someone else. And, and you'll find that you have more friends. I think it was in the Proverbs that says, he who wants a friend must show himself friendly. Another area in relationships is mentors. These are people that are older than me. And those first, uh, you, know, I, I, you know, these are people who aren't just going to agree with me. They're going to challenge me and they're going to speak into my life. Now, of course, my friends can do this. And some of my friends who are my peers are also kind of in this category where they're also like a mentor to me. But when I'm talking about mentors, I'm also talking about those people that are older than me. They got some age on them. They've they've experienced life where I'm not yet there. I haven't experienced that level of life yet. Just last uh, week, uh, Brother David Ravenhill, uh, who I've had uh, I've known for goodness since I was 26 years old. I'm 49 now. I believe he's 81, and uh, so he reached out to me and just wanted to talk. And so we. He called me and we talked for about 50 minutes and it was just so good. He asked a lot of questions. Um, you know, we had a lot of good conversation. I asked his perspective on so many, uh, so many things. Um, my, uh, the pastor who I came to Christ under, uh, Pastor Paul Troquel, who's now doing ministry all around the world, he comes in, um, you know, very infrequently and he reached out and said, Hey, I've got a little window here and you know what works. And we found out a time that would work for breakfast and, that works for him. And of course my response is, you know, going to be whatever is most going to be beneficial for him. So we met in Bossier city at, uh, you know, another broken egg. And I made sure I got there 15 minutes early because I value that relationship and I know what's going to happen. We're going to laugh. We're going to cut up. We're going to eat some food and he's going to ask me some strong questions. And I just, I just love that. I have a pastor in my life, Paul Floyd, and you know, he's one who's like a friend mentor. And so I give him, I choose to give him that place to speak into my life. We need someone to be able to speak into our life and encourage us and again to challenge us. Lester Sumrall said this, and you may hear a lot of fireworks right now, and that's because I'm dropping some intense bombs on here, huh? <laughs> anyway, Lester Sumrall said, if a man lives his entire life and has one friend, he's a rich man. That's just so powerful. I heard one someone say that a real friend steps in when others step out. Who is there to step in to your life. Now, I'm going back to that friend area of relationships, but I can do that. It's my podcast. You know, I've had people that have stepped into my life 
over the years, and I've had you know friends who have stepped out. I'm sure I've also stepped into people's life, and I've also stepped out as well. And and so I have one friend who we went through a very difficult time in our life many years ago, and he called me 175 times over the course of two years, not counting text. I have another friend, Brian Odo, who for about three years FaceTimed me every single day. He still FaceTimes me probably at least two or three times a week. We need those kind of relationships. Let me say this one last thing about relationships before we move into the next category, and it it will go quicker. I better not say that because it seems like I'm going longer. Anyway, it's going to be quick. There were two soldiers on a battlefield, and these two men grew up as friends, childhood friends. They grew up, you know, their high school, and they went into, they got drafted, and they're fighting on the battlefield, and they would always look out for one another, and they always made sure they were kind of in close contact to see where the other one was. They had each other's back, and this friend's in a bunker, and he sees his friend hit the ground and knew he'd been shot. He screams and he starts to try to climb out of the bunker and his commanding officer grabs him, pulls him back in and says, what do you think you're doing? He says, my friend's been shot. He goes, I don't care. You ain't going nowhere. I mean, this heavy artillery, you know, a lot of gunfire. That friend shoved that commanding officer off of him, leaps out of that barracks and just starts running or that out of that bunker, starts running towards his friend, grabs his friend's body throws him over his shoulder and starts running back to the bunker. Before he gets back, he's like 20 feet away and he gets shot in the leg, hits the ground, grabs his friend and is dragging his friend while he's crawling, rolls his friend's lifeless body into the bunker, then falls on top of him as he falls into the bunker. The commanding officer is furious, starts screaming, cussing, yelling, said, look what you've done. It was an absolute waste. Your friend's dead. You got shot. You could have died. You disobeyed a direct order. What you did was for nothing. And this friend looked at his commanding officer and said, it was not a waste, sir. Because when I got to my friend, he was still alive. And his last words were, I knew you'd come. He didn't die alone. Oh my goodness. That one gets me every time. I know there are just too many people that are doing life alone. And this is why small groups, and there's so many churches that have small groups, life groups, connect groups. And if you don't have any relationships, you're out there listening right now, and you're like, well, I'm just hurt by church. Guess, you, you, I promise you've probably been hurt by work friends. You've probably been hurt with family, you, you know, because it's, it's not a church thing. It's a human thing. We all go through things. And I want to encourage you to try it again. Go find a place, get with a group of people, love on one another, and find some friends. The third area of my personal inventory is spiritual. And this really, for me, comes down to prayer and the word. Prayer, and for me, is not some tradition. Uh, I do not just want to rehash some religious oratory or some prepackaged prayers. Prayer is my lifeline. Uh, it's something internal for me when I, that, that when I know that when I say the name Jesus, that I have the attention of heaven. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then with confidence boldly draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And there's something about um, prayer for me that, you know, prayer is really, it's communication. It's where you talk and where you listen. And the primary area where I know for me that I can listen 
to the Lord is through his word. So prayer and the word. So for me, prayer is, you know, I want to grow in that area. I want to learn how to commune with the Lord all throughout the day, in the morning, uh, you know, at night. And uh, and so I want to continue to grow in that area. Prayer is not something I want to do on just a Sunday morning. But again, it's my lifeline. Imagine being married and speaking to your spouse for a few minutes once a week. No, we want to foster a healthy relationship with God. He wants to spend time. He is longing for fellowship with us. And so before you even start to pray, you need to know that he is already there waiting with open arms, longing to have fellowship with you. I could go on and on and talk about that. We're going to talk about that more this year on the podcast or next year on the podcast. All right. And that second aspect of spiritual, again, is the word. So every year I have different ways that I want to read through the word. And this year I'm doing something very unique and it's called the Bible 365. And this is a podcast that I just launched and I'm using the one year Bible. And this year, um, what I'm doing is I'm going to every day for 365 days, starting January 1st through the end of the year, I'm going to read through the one year Bible. So I'll read a portion of the old Testament, a portion of the new Testament, some of Psalms and some of Proverbs every day. And then I'm just going to give like four or five minutes of commentary on it. There's actually a podcast called the Bible. It's called Bible 365 with Randy Gudo. You can find that. It's on nine platforms, Apple, Google. So if you're listening right now here on Randy in Real Life, that's just another podcast that I've literally just launched. It's already in four countries and um, and over half of this country and like 26 states right now. Just so excited about that. So that's what I'm going to be doing for the word. And I want to say this, that the word, when it was written thousands of years ago, you know, beginning 3,500 years ago, and over the course of about 14 to 1,500 years, the Bible was written, and it was written to be heard. So more on that later also. The Bible says in Romans 12 that we can renew our minds to the word of God. We need the word in us so we can know how to fight for our marriage, our family, our ministry, um, you know, our community of faith, our country, our calling. We need the word more than ever right now. Again, more on this on a future episode. The fourth area of my inventory is my mission. You know, what is my purpose? What is my function? You know, uh, uh, you know, in life, are, are you, what are you called to do? What are you born for? I know there's a lot of young men right now, a lot of young women that are really struggling, a lot of uh, some millennials, a lot in Gen Z, more than any other generation that just, they don't know what they're supposed to do. We've never quite been here before. And so I want to be able to encourage you in this area also. And so I'm just going to say a, a few things is that this, God has a absolute a plan. He's got a purpose for your life. He loves you. And part of his plan for your life, if you're married, is your marriage. If you have kids, part of his purpose for your life is those children. If you belong to a church family, part of his plan for your life is that church family that you have. Obviously, there's a big, big picture, and I always like to look at purpose versus function is that, that my job is, is, is not my purpose in life. My job is just a function that is there to help me serve my purpose, which is my calling. So anyway, more on that on a future episode also. So mission, why are you on this earth? Why are you here? What are you born for? And, and that should cause you to want to go up to number three and pray more fervently and get in the word more. The more you discover God, the more you will find your purpose on this earth. All right. 
Now, here's a, a bonus five for you. For me, the Lord, I feel like, spoke to my heart specifically this for this coming year of 2023 was to slow my roll. <laughs> that's 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 it. Um, every year, I like to set aside an, an enormous amount of books. I like to read through about 100 books a year, and that's not counting. That, that's a you know, around November, I start putting aside and I pray over it. I really get you know, very contemplative. What are 100 books I want to read this year? And then knowing that I'm going to add to that, you know, maybe 15 or 20 books in that year. This year, I'm scaling that back unbelievably back to maybe 30 books that I have set aside. And I may try to reduce that more here in the next couple of weeks. And just to just to be just to slow it down to be much more patient, and to be very methodical and strategic with how I, I plan, you know, and how I operate this year. I'm going to do these things, and I want to do these things well. I want to have a pure heart. And that's my personal inventory. You know, offense and bitterness will prohibit you from having a pure heart. I want a pure heart. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Oh, I want to see more of him in my life. Give me a pure heart, Lord. I want to be able to focus on my family, my my beautiful wife, my wonderful children, my friends, my dear friends that I have in my life and I'm blessed to have, those mentors that I have in my life. That's going to be my priorities this year. Uh, you know, spirit, my church family, my awesome church family, uh, my relationship with the Lord in, in the area of prayer and the word, and then just moving that ball forward in the area of the kingdom. I'm slowing my roll with the things that I do. You know, I'm doing the Bible 365 podcast. I'm doing Randy in real life. I'm working to write one simple blog post a week, a episode on Randy in real life a week, and and just to do a few things very well that will have a far re- more reaching impact than trying to do lots of things and only, um, you know, not doing them to the full potential that I could. Hey, let me leave you with this last verse of Scripture. Two verses. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies, now that's plural, His mercies, didn't say His mercy, His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, great is your faithfulness. I love you all. I'm praying for you. Believe in God for an outstanding year. If you haven't already, go to the, uh, again, go to Bible 365. You can type my name in there if you need to. I think you just type in Randy. If you listen on Apple, it's there. If on Google Podcasts, it's there. It's on Spotify. It's on Anchor. It's on nine different platforms. Love to have you join us for this awesome, awesome adventure, this journey of reading through the entire Bible every single day just reading through portions of scripture to recover the it in its entirety. Check out my website, randygoodo.com. I'll be some uh, blog posts coming out uh, more frequently. If you haven't yet, you can subscribe to my newsletter and you'll find that on my homepage as well. Thank you for listening in. Believe in God that 2023 is going to be an unbelievably wonderful year of blessing and favor over your life and mine. Talk to you soon.